Hello, and welcome to the Business of Authority. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Rochelle Moulton. And today we're going to wrestle with procrastination. Yes, yes, <laughs> I'm ready. So, so can you kick us off with your story, your book story? Yeah, yeah. So what I did was, you know, everybody read The 4-Hour Workweek like 100 years ago. <laughs> but for some reason, this is Tim Ferriss' book, I just never picked it up. It just never really spoke to me. I think because it just felt like, oh, you can't have a four-hour week work week. That's ridiculous. Anyway, I uh, I saw it uh, in the equivalent of the virtual bargain bin. So I picked <laughs> it up and I started reading it. And I will tell you, my mind was blown. Now, I have to tell you that this is the latest edition that, that I could find. And it's 2007. So the technology part of it is really dated. A lot of that stuff doesn't work anymore. But the core of his message was really powerful. And the thing that really struck me, and we've talked about this, you know, a number of times in the show is the Pareto principle that, you know, 20% of what you do gives you 80% of your results. Hmm. And so what I decided to do was to just like follow that that I literally took out a piece of paper and a pencil. I felt like it had to be, or a pen, it had to be tactile. Mm -hmm. So I was writing down like, what are the 20, what's the 20% of what I do that gives me 80% of results? And for me, the first thing that hit me was, well, it's the email. It's my email list and content. And I had been putting off doing a new welcome sequence. I know I need to do it, but I just kept being too busy. Too busy, yep. Yeah. So, I, so I'm sitting there, you know, kind of knocking myself in the head going, okay, Rochelle, you're too busy to do the smallest thing that gives you the biggest results. What's wrong with this picture? And so... What that started for me is, as I kept reading the book, and he had lots of you know good little little ideas in there. I don't think there was like any one thing that hit me over the head, but there were a bunch of little things. And what I realized that I was that I wasn't doing very well is I wasn't batching. I I batch certain things, and all batch means is that you do a bunch of the same activities together. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, Jonathan, when you talk about how you write your daily email, you write it and you send it. I usually write mine the day ahead and then I schedule it to go. And But what was happening is I found all that takes so much time. So I started to batch. So I, I spent a half a day writing everything for the week. Um, all of a sudden with the podcast, you know, my part of the production end of it, it I always pretty much push it to the end of the week. Mm -hmm. So now I do it right after we're done. When we're done recording, I'm going to do my piece and then pass it off to my VA and I'm done. And that's all I did. That's the only thing I changed last week. Oh my (laughs) God. (laughs) I felt like I had two whole days that I had recovered. Now that's not really true, but I had two days where I didn't have like all these little niggling things to do that again the way i'm wired when i have those things in my head that have to get done i I can't focus on something else i shouldn't say i can't i won't Mm -hmm. i won't focus on anything else so let let me give you a chance to 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 weigh in (laughs) Uh, yeah i mean i i think that's a a fairly common experience it's like they it's like that un that open loop is just floating in your head from tuesday when we record until friday or you know and it just gets Mm -hmm. exacerbated like if I didn't, you know, if you didn't have the recording and I didn't edit it yet, it's not uploaded. And then it's like, eh, it's like, it creates this sort of ajda of, uh, it, in your head. It feels like when I have a lot of those things, I, I always describe it as like a swarm of bees flying around my head. It's yes. just like swatting at them. 
Yeah. And they're all small, but they're just, they're, they like swarm you. And it, it's <laughs> the example that I thought of when you had the idea for this episode was um, like this residual dread that, that I, so the things I procrastinate aren't so much, there's a little bit of, of business stuff that I procrastinate on, but I have that like recurring daily to-do list that I put all of those, the 20% stuff on. Mm-hmm. So I, I procrastinate it within a 24 hour period and sometimes leave it until like midnight, but I don't really like let it go for a week or even two days. So, so that mm-hmm. the business stuff, and there are some things like that I really should get to like, um, you know, I'm working on a new book and that I had been procrastinating like crazy all year. And then I was like, oh man, I was supposed to have this done this year and it's like yeah. November. <laughs> I noticed you, you, you went into warp speed the last month. Yeah. Yeah. So I've, I've changed my, I've changed my environment so that like I accidentally write the book, which is a, a big point I want to get to, but the residual dread thing I want to touch on. So the stuff that I procrastinated on the worst is like home stuff. I'm, I don't, I don't enjoy doing like handyman type stuff. And when something happens, it's like this, especially this year, it's like tough to get people to the house and I don't really want people in the house. And there've been a couple of things that I've literally let go for years. And, (laughs) and one of them was the garage, the roof on our garage. When we moved in, in 2006, there was a basketball hoop screwed on. It's a a freestanding garage. And there's a basketball hoop screwed on through the the shingles into the, you know, so the screws went all the way through Mm -hmm. the roof. And, you know, we didn't have kids and it was ugly. So I took it down and uh, and just left the like eight holes in the roof. (laughs) That was 2006. In New England. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, the garage has been soaked for... 14 years. <laughs> and I'm like, I really got to get to that. I really got to get to that. Pretty soon I'm going to get to that. Never get to it. Finally, a tree fell on the garage uh, earlier this year. Ouch. And it didn't really damage the garage too much, but it got the wheels turning. I had of insurance guys come out and look at it and stuff. And I was like, and then uh, our next door neighbors got their roof done. And so I just walked over to the, <laughs> the sign. You know, they put the sign in front. I took a picture of the sign and called them that night. They came over. You know, and and now it's fixed. But here's the thing: I still have the dread. Like when I when I look at the roof, the new roof, I'm like, oh right, I got it. I finally got it fixed. But I've got 14 years (laughs) of dreading doing it, and it 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 doesn't go away. It like it's like a hangover. It won't go away. I mean, eventually, I'm sure it will. But you know, by the time we have to have it done the next the next time. But it's this interesting. It's it's a. It's like a snowball. Phenomenon. I think. I think it's like a snowball because it keeps getting bigger in our heads. Like the mm. longer it goes, so right. like it's amazing that you broke free after that many years. Right. But it, it's become so big in our heads. It's like oh, I can't do that. Uh, just anything but that. Yeah. So that's an extreme example. But the 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 sort of thought that's been knocking around in my head since I noticed that was that the. The, that residual dread feeling that hap- I notice it with smaller things too, even stuff on my daily list. Like mm-hmm. I'll, I'll notice uh, in a microcosm of what you just described, like, wow, I feel like I have two free days, even though you didn't really free up 16 hours. Right. You know, I notice when I, when I finish a bunch of the stuff, you know, I've got like 15 things on my daily list. And when I do them all in the morning, the day feels very different. It's like that. Mm-hmm. Then, then if I, you know, if I'm like, oh, I still have to, you know, 
to do my stretches or I still have to practice my forms or whatever it is. It's like, and even though it, it cycles every day and I do finish them, the feeling of the day is completely different. If I do it all in the morning, then it feels like I have a free day or it almost like I almost feel lazy or something. Yeah. Um, it's, it's wild, even though well, it's the exact same number of things and it doesn't take me any longer to do it in yeah. the morning or at night. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, kind of to Tim Ferriss's point, and his point was, we when we leave an, an employer, we tend to take our habits with us. The habit is, oh, the workday is, you know, eight to six or nine to five or whatever your workday is. And so you work that many hours, whether you have something to do or not. And we tend to fill it with things that maybe don't matter. Either they're not impacting on the 80% of our results or there are things that we really don't need to be doing mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, when you start to think about it that way, and I, I, I don't feel like I have a lot of those things. I feel like I, I pretty much got it narrowed down. But so, so, you know, I do have a tendency to check email all the time. Mm. And it's a holdover from a lot of the media stuff where stuff just happens. And so that was another thing I've been training myself to do. And I will tell you it is a process. So the first thing I did was create a new personal email address where only things of beauty (laughs) or from people that um, have nothing to do with work can access. So I have a place to open when I'm feeling the need to open an email that doesn't have all the other stuff. And then I started checking twice a day instead of just having it open all the time and batching the emails. And it was such a sense of freedom. And it's not like anyone was abusing this. I mean, I wasn't abused being abused, you know, but it was, it was, it's, it's been a habit of mine that had a payoff at one time, but that I don't need to do now. Right. And it's harder than I thought to wean myself off of that. I am doing better. <laughs> this, mm-hmm. Week two looks better than week one. But yeah, it's, I mean, it really is a process. And I feel like um, part of this is with procrastination in particular is rewiring our brains and one of the things that I always tell myself always, always is, oh, I get to do this. I get to do this. How many people get to carve out a piece of, of time and just work on content mm-hmm. on things you're really interested in, right? right. So it's that, it's that we get to do this. And I, again, this very kind of a personal approach, but for me, that's part of the fuel. The minute I see a repetitious list every day that has stuff that somebody else could do, that takes my energy away. So I want all those things that somebody else can do to get off the list. Mm. You know what I do with all the things someone else can do? You don't do them. Get rid of them. (laughs) Well, it's for me, it's, it's things that are, and again, this is my wiring. I get bored very easily. So when something is the same thing, now the same thing isn't writing a piece of content because the piece of content is different every time. That's not boring. But having to go and post it in this place and post it in that place, like the mechanics of it, I'm the kind of person that hates doing that so much that I will forget to do it. So I will mm. write the stuff and then guess what? It doesn't go anywhere. It, <laughs> I mean, it goes to my email list, but it doesn't get distributed anywhere else. And, you know, that doesn't make sense. It takes an extra, you know, 30 seconds to make sure that it gets other places. So mm. I think a lot of this is we have to recognize our own wiring and, you know, kind of rewire where it's not working for you. Sure. 
And so for me, that's where the benefit of being a software developer comes in because I just automate all that stuff. So yeah. if, if I can't automate it, I won't do it. And and the the other the other piece of it is the um, the what, the thing that I do because I I do I know I procrastinate. I think everybody probably if anyone honest is going to say that they procrastinate. <laughs> and the thing that I find myself doing, and I don't know if this is good or bad. It seems to work for me. I don't know if I would recommend it, but I give myself a lot of very different fun things to do. So if I don't, so if I'm feeling the resistance on one of them and I, and I, I give in, mm-hmm. I, at least my procrastination is something creative or benefit, you know, like, yeah. like procrastinate doing something like uh, this weekend's comic, you know what I mean? Or, or, mm-hmm. uh, or working on the fiction, you know, like working on a novel, which is still writing. I'm like most, basically my, it feels like 90% of my day is writing, but it's different kinds of writing. So it feels like, uh, so there's different levels of threat from each one, different, mm-hmm. different levels of resistance from each one. So I, I, I've gotten myself into this habit where if, uh, if I have one of those moments where I'm just like, I'm like between tasks, I'm like, uh, which, you know, I'm like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing now. It's kind of the moment where I think most people would open social media or just like, yeah. like blindly read through their email and then act on none of it. Uh, then I go to my to-do list and, and it's always, I have it open everywhere. It's like, it's like the, the Ooh, first tab. escape. No, it's, it's, there's no friction because that's, you know, I've talked about it a million times. I try and remove all possible friction from anything that I do on a regular basis. Like even the smallest in- increase in, uh, in, in smoothness, the smallest decrease of friction on a daily task makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm. So one of the things I do, like, here's a, here's a silly one. It's, it'll sound silly, but uh, it's been very effective for me. I used to, you know, on the laptop a lot, all day pretty much. And I used to close all of my open windows at the end of the night, you know, and end of the workday, I would close all my Chrome tabs and close Slack and close my email or whatever. And uh, and then in the morning, you know, calendar and all that. And then in the morning, first thing I do is open my laptop, you know, open this, open that, open the other, you know, open like 15 things. And I got a, I, I read a tip, I think from Sean D'Souza, where he's just like, leave that up. Why, what are you doing? Why are you cleaning up? Just close it. Like, why are you cleaning up your laptop screen? Just close it. And when you open it up, you'd be right back where you started. And there won't be that like, you know, it's probably only 90 seconds of opening things, but it's this, but the mental switching cost is way higher than now when I just open it up and like, boom, I'm like right back into, you know, like my, my primary tab that I have in my browser that I never close is the Google doc in which I'm writing ditching hourly. So I like, I open up my computer and like, there's the blinking cursor at Mm -hmm. the end of the paragraph I just finished the night before. And I'm just, and sometimes just like, Oh, and it like sucks me right back in instead yeah. of me like sipping my coffee, waiting for windows to open. Hmm, what should I do now? And one of the other tabs that's open, I have like 12 tabs that are literally never closed unless I have to close the browser for like a recording or something. I just always have these, uh, I think it's probably about 10 pinned tabs. It's like, I have a bookmark mm-hmm. folder called pins and I just click open all bookmarks. If, you know, if I have to restart the browser or something, just like open all bookmarks and then I just pin them to the side and they're always open. And yeah, one of them is the, the one that's in front is the book, which I need to, I need to always be reminded to, like, I feel, it feels like I fall into it. Like I fall into the book 
Mm. It, so it's this downhill kind of feeling where I'm just like, oh, there's no, there's no time for the resistance to hit me. It's too late. I already have the next idea. I'm already writing it. And one of the other tabs is my to-do list. So if, uh, if, I, if I have like, you know, that moment where I'm like, oh, what's next on my calendar? And I look, because that's, that's my routine. Look at the calendar. Is there anything coming up next? Oh, I've got a free hour. And I, and I don't immediately know what to do or I don't get sucked into the book. I like click open to the to-do list and everything there has to get done today. So I'll just grab one and do it. Mm-hmm. Do, so, do you carry do you carry a daily and like a monthly or an annual, or do you just like roll things over to the next day? No, I do them all every day. No, but like when you have something big, do you break it down and put that like let's say you oh, were designing a new program, how would that get it find its way onto your to do list? The only the next action would go on there. Yeah. Okay, good. And see, I think that's a point for for our audience is that when you're using a to-do list like that, you really, really got to break down the big stuff mm-hmm. into the little steps. Yep. Yeah. And I, it's like, I do have a bunch of big, I don't, I don't have a problem with, how do I do that? How do I keep track of that? Because I do have a bunch of big multi-step projects, what I would consider projects, but I never think of them like that. It's more like I just have the next action. So, and then when I see the next action on the to-do list, I'm like, I'm like reminded of the overall project. I don't actually track the overall project anywhere. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Because, you see, I, I do something, it's not quite the same, which will surprise no one since we're different <laughs> the way we do this stuff. But I, I always maintain a master list of everything, like everything that I believe has to be done. And that will have like a project, like to start something new. It would just be one line item. Mm-hmm. But then what I'll do is I'll break that down. And I'm not like crazy about it. I don't like say, okay, so I have to design the next 60 days. I don't do that. Um, But I will figure out what needs to go onto my list. And so when I close out the day, I like to start the next day knowing what I'm going to do. I need Mm -hmm. to know exactly what I'm going to do, or I will get, I will find something more interesting to do. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, so, th- so I'll make a, a list for that next day, and that's very focused, and, and I do pretty much what you do. It's, it gets done. If it's on that list for that day, it, it gets done. Hmm. Yep. But I, I, I find I need to think, I need to have that bigger list so that I'm keeping track of the things that are easy to procrastinate about, like a big project. Hmm. And not client stuff. Client stuff is easy to me. That's just like, you know, slice and dice. You put that in, you, you know what you're doing at all times in client projects. But when it comes to advancing, you know, our own businesses, I find those things can be an awful lot of consultants just let that go. Because oh, they're yeah. so focused on the client stuff that they're not investing in their business. Mm-hmm. I, so this is this is two two related things since we're talking about to do lists, which to me I think are, are very helpful in terms of uh, combating or wrestling with procrastination. Uh, one is that uh, another thing I do that I think I got from uh, getting things done. Who was that? David Allen is that if something's been on my to-do list, so like maybe there's a next action on a, on a project that's been, um, that, that I just never get to, like for some mm-hmm. reason it's either, you know, it's just been on my to-do list for like two weeks, I just delete it. I'm like, I'm obviously not gonna do this. <laughs> like this has been on my list, I've been looking at it, I'm not gonna do it, so I just delete it so that it's not hanging over me. So that's uh, that's one thing. And the other thing is, 
with with the the business hygiene stuff because I agree it's it's pretty it's it's easy to do client stuff because someone's waiting for it they're like yeah it automatically it's almost reactive in a way you're like you're like mm-hmm. I, I have to do this uh, it's this stuff about your own business I find people will just not find time for it's like they put themselves last they put their business last and yeah. the the thing that I've I've found over and over is that it's easy it's easier to do something daily than it is weekly for for those kinds of things mm-hmm. it's, it's easier to do um my daily list I, like i i used to blog weekly uh, it was way way harder for me than daily and i had a maybe a little bit of a i don't know if it was an insight but you know the the kids have piano lessons every friday and and they hate it like i i, I make them do it and they're like <laughs> oh, i want to quit i'm like no and the reason and, and my suspicion is and they, they really don't practice that much. Like, like we have to really make them practice. Like, could you, did you do your piano today? That kind of thing. And, <laughs> Great. And, right. Yeah. And it's no, it's no fun for anyone, but I want them, I want them to do it. It's tough. So, <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing I noticed though, the, the lessons are torture because they don't practice that much. Yeah. So it's like, uh, this is, and it occurred to me, I didn't actually sit down and have the talk with them yet, but it occurred to me when, when they, uh, especially Cooper, when he has like when it, when really on him and he practices every day, because uh, he could be good, like he's actually talented, but he just doesn't want to practice. Mm-hmm. But when he does, it it really shows. And so when he gets into the lesson, it's like he just nails it. And like uh. when he doesn't practice, it's terrible. So the I feel like there's a certain there's something something with this sort of business hygiene things. I wonder if there's a parallel here. I haven't really. I'll do the experiment on the kids. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like if if especially him, if he practiced every day, the lessons would be like super fun because he'd be like crushing it, and it, it feels fun. Like it feels fun to be like really be able to play something. Mm-hmm. So that sense of he's not getting that sense of mastery because he's not doing it every day. So if he did it every day and like really was uh, knocking it out of the park when the teacher was there, I know he would like it better. So yeah. then, I, and then I wonder if that would be enough to create a virtuous cycle to get him to like just automatically practice more because it's just it just feels fun when you're not struggling. So I wonder because I'd hear it from students all the time that are that are trying to do this sort of positioning or publishing and they're trying to get into a habit with it that they. Uh, they they never get into a habit, and whenever they go to do it, it feels like a struggle, and they don't know what they're doing, and it feels like I just want to go back to coding because I'm great at coding and I'm terrible at marketing, and I I just feel like I'm doing it wrong or I'm a sleaze or something, and it's kind of like to me I, I I feel pretty strongly that there's a parallel there where if you were if you didn't if it didn't feel like a struggle you wouldn't hate it it's so it's like it's well, like this catch twenty two. Yeah, I think I think you nailed it with the word habit because once we make it a habit, like this change that I've just made and how I'm working isn't really a habit yet. I've, mm-hmm. I've only done it twice, mm-hmm. so or it, and I'm counting today and I haven't done it yet. Yeah. Um, and so, but once you make something a habit, like you know, 
the example of I, I started swimming in the morning a couple of months ago and, you know, really love it. But then the weather changed. So it's cold. Mm. Now, the pool is heated. So when I get in the pool, it's great. But the part of getting up and walking in the in the dark and the cold over mm. to the pool, and then, you know, you have to strip down to your bathing suit and get in the water. <laughs> and then when you get out on the other end. But once you get in the habit of doing that, it's like, I don't even think about it. Mm-hmm. I don't think about that it's cold. It's just, that's what I'm going to do. That's what I do. But it didn't feel like that the first, you know, roughly three weeks of the process. So it's that that habit, especially with content, I think. Because the first time you start writing content, you either feel like it's genius and it's usually not, or you feel like it's terrible and it's usually not. Right. Right? <laughs> it's like yeah. you just have to get in that habit. Same thing with a podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I have a client who's done, um, I think he's maybe up to 14 or 15 episodes now, and it's an interview format. And he's like, I can't listen to it. I cannot listen to my own voice. And I totally get it. It took me a long time before I could listen to mine. Um, but he's in the habit now. So he's going to do it no matter what. He doesn't care what his voice sounds like at this point. He What he cares about is his guest and getting a great experience for the audience from the guest, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. that's what he's focused on. So now it's a habit. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I feel like the resistance is, a. It, I think the habits for sure is a, a big deal. And I think that it's, I mean, if you think, dear listener, of the things in your life that you would consider a habit, probably none of them are, are like weekly. They're probably all daily or something you do multiple times a day. It's, it's just so much easier to create a habit that's daily. It's just, it's just easier. It sounds like more work, but it's less of that cognitive, that the swarm of bees around your head, like always like, like building up on you. So you're always, always like popping that bubble that it can't, it can't grow too big because you just did it. Well, I think especially if you're creative. So we tend to think about, oh, yeah, like, let's give an example about getting dressed in the morning. So Mm. now nobody's going out anywhere. So everybody's kind of in schlumpadinka mode. But (laughs) if you were going to the office or you're going to a meeting or you're going to meet somebody for a coffee, you know, you think about what am I going to wear? And if you're at all creative, you're like, oh, well, I want to you know, wear these earrings or these glasses or this pair of pants or, you know, so you go through this process versus if you have a uniform, you know, like the infamous Steve Jobs uniform where, you know, okay, it's jeans and a black turtleneck. It's that it's where you're expending mental energy. And there are places where we choose, and it's different for everybody, where we choose to spend consciously to, to spend our energy. And there will be people who consciously spend energy on, I want to look a certain way when I walk out the door. It's really important to how I feel about myself. Mm-hmm. Great. Somebody else wants to spend it on something else. And I think that's part of, you know, going back to the book is being really conscious about that so that, because this is all about how we spend our energy. Right. I mean, really, it really yeah, that's is. That's what it I mean, boils down to. Yeah. And I, you know, four hour work, work week. I mean, I still don't believe that. But, um, he doesn't but hey, believe that. In I know. <laughs> I know. I know. But I mean, it's a catchy title for sure. Right. It, I wanted to go back to something about procrastination because um, I, I wanted to make sure I mentioned this. So I was reading over the weekend Gretchen Rubin, I think it's her latest book, and it's on organizing, you know, kind of how organizing can make you happy. And she has something, I think she called it procrastinizing, like organizing and procrastinating. So, and I, I just, 
I laugh when I saw it because I went, oh yeah, guilty. And I have a few girlfriends that are guilty too, is where you're getting ready to start on something and then you look and you go, oh, my desk's a mess. Oh, mm-hmm. that bookcase looks bad. Oh, I need to throw in a load of laundry. And so it's deciding whether you really need to clean off the desk to clear your mind because there's some science around that or whether it's, you know, an excuse not to work on something more important. Yeah. Software developers have a term for this too called yak shaving. And <laughs> it's like... I love that. Yeah. The, basically, it's, it's it's sort of a long joke, but it's like you have to do this thing and it's really it's like it's intimidating so so but first i need to set up my dev tools but first i need to upgrade my operating system but first and it goes all the way down to like but but first i need to shave this yak <laughs> yak shaving so right right yeah that that is You know, I think you're right. There's like a certain, there could be something to be said. Like, I don't like, like I'm looking at my desk right now and it's a little bit messy and I don't like that. But, you know, you don't need to organize your silverware drawer before you write that next book chapter, you know, so. Yeah. What happened last week, though, is when I was, you know, the last week was my first full week of implementing these things. And I was in my office and I had a free day. Remember I said I felt like I had two free days. So I come in my office and I look over to my left and, you know, I've been redesigning my office and it's taken forever with COVID, with getting stuff back. And I look over and there's this huge pile of crap. And it's stuff that I wasn't sure if we were going to need because some parts of my office is the guest room. Some, another part of my office is a shared um, space for uh, office supplies and stuff like that. And I looked at it and I went, I can't get anything done while I'm looking at that. Mm-hmm. And wouldn't you know it, it, it took me, oh, probably took me about an hour and a half. It, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't insignificant to clean everything up and get it out of there. But I will tell you, I sat down and I just started typing and it was like no time had passed. I mean, Mm. I just, I needed, that needed to go. Now, did it need to go that day? Could it not have gone on another day? (laughs) Maybe, but it was like, it was right in my face. And it, it, that one proved to be not uh, procrastinizing. (laughs) Well, so it, it does you know, you, you mentioned earlier, it's like everybody's got limited resources, like limited time or money to outsource things. So the other the other um, piece of that is you don't know which things to do if you don't have like an overall objective. So so like mm-hmm. if it, it, kind, it does kind of remind me of this kind of like tactics without strategy, you know, it's like, oh, well, do you need to clean that or don't you need to clean that right now? Well, it kind of depends. Like, Maybe you do, maybe you don't, but uh, I think a, a per, perhaps another sort of, I'm, I'm like a, picturing a junk drawer, like cleaning out the junk drawer of your habits. So, so like, do you have a procrastination habit? You know, cleaning that junk drawer out is probably a good idea. And and how do you mm. do that is like decide what you're trying, you know, it goes back to the beginning where you said, you know, like the Pareto principle. It's like, what are the things that you know you should be doing? Like, like, what's the big picture? What are you trying to, you know, what's the objective? Okay, you want to have like, you know, whatever your business objective is. And what are the things that I'm doing now that are just leftovers that I could get rid of that are, are things that aren't productive? 
uh, and which things are am I not getting around to because I'm doing these other things that are unproductive? I don't yeah. know if it's exactly procrastination or just if, if it's changing from old habits to new habits to adjust to like your new reality or your new objective or vision or goals or whatever. But um, yeah, it's not, I guess it's a little bit different. It's a little bit more like. I think it's focus because, you know, we all have big goals and sometimes we have this big dream, but we're sort of, there's a part of us that's sort of afraid of what happens if we keep on that dream or we're, we get uncomfortable because we have to put out a piece of, of, of content that is controversial People, some people aren't going to like, or you put out something that you thought wasn't controversial and you get slammed for it. Oh, um, you know, it's, worst. yeah, it's, but it's focus. It's, it's keeping your eyes on, on the prize, you know, whatever the prize is. Right. So if you, if you do know that, if you're clear about what that is, you can probably just, you know, on your own, sit down and say, all right, let me just like go through my week and say like, are, here are all these things that I've been doing. Are those all contributing to that thing? Maybe some some of them aren't, and then you can get that time back and say, all right, now what things should I really be doing instead and kind of reprioritize your updated list? It's like when I do the um, the 10-day the productivity challenge with people, I, I haven't run that in a while. It's usually in January um, after New Year's, and everybody's like all excited to like turn over a new leaf. <laughs> and the first day, it, for 24 hours, you write down everything you do, you know, in like in like tiny chunks, like like under five-minute chunks. Like, what did you, how did you spend the last half hour? And it's like, it's hilarious when you, when you sort of deconstruct, um, uh, this, all the stuff you do, this, even when I do it, I can't believe how much stuff I don't realize I do. If that's, you know uh -huh. what I mean? Like yep. so much of, uh, the last time I did it anyway, so much of that, that day that I, I tracked everything was so much of it was autopilot, like, uh, you know what the morning my morning routine the morning routine's hilarious because you're half asleep anyway and you know it's like why do i go up and down the stairs five times like why didn't i just bring <laughs> you know why didn't i just carry all that in one trip and i do the same weird thing every day until i noticed it and then it's like ah oh. so it that's not really we're talking about procrastination today but i i feel like it's sort of you know it's not this what i'm describing is more productivity than procrastination but the idea is to get rid of the procrastination so that you can get to the things that actually matter. And it just was sort of reminded me of that. Well, I just want to add that, you know, we're also, we haven't used the word joy here, but I mean, <laughs> that should be, <laughs> there's, there goes that should again. Mm -hmm. it, I feel like that should be our goal in all of this is that, is that we find the joy, mm -hmm. whether that's a joy of, you know, getting your big idea out in the world, whether it's that plus, you know, spending some time with your family, actually seeing them during the day or at some reasonable times or indulging in a hobby, you know, whatever that other is. I mean, I, I feel like this is, it's not just about getting every last drop of productivity, but it's also finding the joy in it. And for me, that's one of the things batching with content did for me because it allowed me to keep going. So I had, you know, I had this idea for a longer piece and then I'm like, so what else can I write about that theme that would just keep, you know, giving it like a little bit more of a boost and it's, you know, it was joyful. Yeah, it's like when you get in that that you call it flow or whatever, you get in the zone. Yeah, it feels it feels really good, especially yeah. if you've been putting it off. <laughs> You're like, oh, what? 
I mean, that's that's exactly my how I felt when I started. Um, I mean, it was probably only two weeks ago I started in earnest working on the new book, like daily. I I, I said to Eric, I'm like, why don't like why didn't I do this six months ago? <laughs> like, I love writing the book. It's like easy. I I love that it exists. These are thoughts that I've been meaning to get down on paper for the longest time. Stuff I've been you know working on working on in coaching with actual people that just haven't been written down yet. And it's like, you know, especially after the experience of trying to write a novel, it was like, it's like falling off a log compared to like plot and character and all the other stuff, like actual hard stuff. So I was like, I was just like kicking myself. Like, why am I not doing, I love doing this. Like, this is so much fun. Yeah. So, you know, but still, even though I, even though that's true, uh, I did, you know, changing my environment as I described earlier, so that it like is always like the cursor is always there. It's like one one window away, and I can just jump right back in uh, at a moment's notice and just you know write a few paragraphs or whatever. And you know, as probably anybody who's ever written anything has experienced, once you write a f- couple of paragraphs, you're like on a roll. Yeah, yeah. The key is is to write with writing. It's like I, I don't know what to do with this. Write. The answer is always write. <laughs> yeah, that's like saying that the key to plumbing is. Plumbing. <laughs> well, <Do it. laughs> it's, I but know. it's true. It's true. I know. It's my like, my husband is my. I the longer pieces I'll read aloud to him once I have a draft. And so nine times out of ten, I'll sit there and go. So I have this idea, but I can't figure out if it's going to work. And and I, I I mean I do this. I'm saying this out loud. I'm sort of talking to myself. And he goes, "Write it. <laughs> Just write it. <laughs> See if it works. Right. <laughs> Shut up already." <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, the the resistance is like the source of much procrastination. It, like in the in the creative realm, certainly it's like a monster. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and the only solution is right through it. Well, just... yeah, and I again, everybody's different, but for me, taking out all of these small deliverables that were important—it's not that they weren't important—but taking them out of two days in particular gave me two days with. Um, with no meetings. I had no meetings. I had n- no little content stuff. And they were so productive. <laughs> and they were fun. I mean, yeah, it was amazing. And on one of those days, I took off and went to the grocery store. And I, I confess, I do love to go to the grocery store. And with COVID, my husband's d- been doing most of the shopping. And I was like, I have extra time. I've got to break. I'm going to go to the grocery store. And It was great. I got stuff for Thanksgiving. You know, it's like, it was great. And I came back and I wrote some more. (laughs) You know, it was awesome. Yeah. Cool. All right. We've solved it. (laughs) Just just stop procrastinating. Jeez. (laughs) Oh, I know. I know. So hopefully, I mean, we've we've kind of had a wide ranging list of tips and tricks that we use. And since we have both two different, very different styles, Maybe some of that will be helpful for someone someday. <laughs> well, I, I'm also hoping if if other people have ideas on how they've done this, I'd love to hear about those. Like in social media, it would be mm-hmm. real. I just think it's interesting stuff, and you know, we can always use some new perspectives on it. Yeah. What? Maybe we should wrap up with like a couple of book recommendations because I, I, we've mentioned like three or four books so far. For example, Atomic Habits by James Clear is excellent. Um, for building good habits and breaking bad ones, uh, very small step-by-step 
things you can do to do that. It's kind of like create friction in places where you want to stop and decrease friction in places where you want to go more. It's kind of obvious, but he's got a lot of good tips in there. Uh, getting things done by David Allen was a real game changer for me, especially in terms of uh, processing my inbox and getting out of there, uh, get, actually getting things done and not just checking email all the time. Um, what's another one? The War of Art um, or Do the Work by Stephen Pressfield. If you're doing creative stuff and you're procrastinating on that, then you, th those are a must read, either one. Yeah, I was thinking, I, I can't remember the name of the book. I'll put it in the show, show notes, but Nir Eyal wrote a really good book on habits as well. I, mm. I like his habits book. Cool. Yeah, Charles Duhigg's another one who I, I hear mentioned, but I, I haven't read it. Um, cool. Any other any other books come to mind? Well, Four Hour Work Week would kick the whole thing off with. I haven't read that since it came out. I wonder if I wonder if I read it again, if I would have like a, uh, what, what kind of reaction I would have to it. Yeah, I think it would be interesting. And Gretchen Rubin's book wasn't about organization per se. It was about, or about procrastination, I'm sorry. It was about organization and a different take on it and whether or not it brings you joy. But she does talk about procrastination a bit. All right. Well, so if you, now you've got four or five books you can read to procrastinate doing what you're really supposed to be doing. <laughs> you can listen to podcasts. <laughs> yeah. All right. Great. Okay. Well, that's enough out of us, I think. Yes, I think so. All right, folks, that's it for this week. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Rochelle Moulton. And we hope you join us again next time for the Business of Authority. Bye. Bye-bye.